All right, it is that time of the week again. We're back with our top 10 list. This time we're going to be discussing the second base position. So let's get right into this. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired. It's Dylan, James, Nico, and Henry. And again, we're going to be discussing our top 10 second baseman today. If you haven't checked out last week, we covered the first baseman and the week before that catchers. So this week we're on the second base list. But one of the key caveats we'd like to mention at the start of this episode is, again, it is projecting forward for the 2024 season, which is why Mookie Betts is on our list here at second base. And he's pretty high, if not at number one on all of our lists. So how we're going to do this at the start is a little different than normal. Nico, you're going to go 10 to 1 on your list. James, you're going to go 10 to 1 on your list. Henry, you're going to go 10 to 1. And then I'll go 10 to 1 just to introduce who we're all thinking of to start things off. I did not know we were doing that. All right. But um, all right. At number 10, I got Brandon Drury. Dog. Number nine, we got Nico Horner. Number eight, we got Glaber. Seven, Matt McLean. Six, Ozzy Albies. Five, Cattell Marte. Four, Luis Arias. Three, Jose Altuve. Two, Marcus Simeon. And then rounding it out, my favorite player, Mookie Betts. Henry, how about you give us your 10 to 1 of your list? All right. Starting at 10, we have Haseon Kim. Then we have Jeff McNeil. Then we have Luis Arias. Then we have Glaber Torres. Then Cattell Marte. Jose Altuve. Nico Horner. Ozzy Albies. Marcus Simeon. Mookie Betts. All right, James, you want to give us your top 10? Yeah, number 10, I have Zach Jeloff. Uh, number nine, Hassan Kim. Eight, Nico Horner. Seven, Glaber Torres. Six, Jose Altuve. Five, Luis Arias. Four, Cattell Marte. Three, Ozzy Albies. Two, Marcus Simeon. And number one, Mookie Betts. And I've got 10 is Glaber. Nine, Andres Jimenez. Eight, Luis Arias. Seven, Ozzy Albies. Six, McNeil. Five, Marte. Four, Horner. Three, Semyon. Two, Altuve. And one, of course, is Mookie Betts. So let's do almost like in all of our positions so far. There's been a pretty clear number one. And this position that comes down to Mookie Betts, who I guess the only question we have is what's going to happen as a starting second baseman full-time leaving right field behind. So any worries about that, guys? Or is Mookie Betts just clearing away the best second baseman in baseball? Zero. Zero like thoughts of him like being at second base he's going to be the same Mookie Betts he's always been I mean the guy's raked ever since he got to the league top five baseball player in the league um I think the fact that he's not going to have to move around I think is actually going to help him I think that the last couple of years his defense has kind of like been hurt mainly from the fact that they've tried to have him be like a play everything type of guy even played short last year I think the fact that if they're really certain that like he's going to be just our everyday second baseman, maybe touch a little bit of right. I think his defense is going to go right back to where it was. And I think that once he gets into the field of second base, he's going to be fine. James, anything to add? Yeah. I mean, you don't see him touching a little bit of left, maybe only, only right. I mean, yeah, I think, I think the defense definitely uh, one position should be helpful to him. Uh, and we've seen he can play second base at an elite level. Uh, I think second, second base is, uh, pretty open position for him to have the opportunity to win the gold glove next year. Uh, and I mean, we know he's going to hit, so uh, he's the obvious number one choice. How about the most controversial player on this list? And Henry, I know you're not a big fan of him. Thanks to 2017, James despises him and Nico will get your perspective. And 2019 on him as well. Sometimes. 
Okay, if we, if we say so. But well, no, I'm not saying Al- he cheated. But I'm not saying he cheated. But broke my despising. Broke my, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Altuve, I had him at highest as number two. Henry, you had him pretty low at five. Nico, you had him right in the middle at three. And then James, you took the cake at the lowest with number six. So Henry, I'll come to you first. Give us the breakdown on Jose Altuve in 2024. I'm not saying Jose Altuve is bad, right? Like he had a, he had a pretty good year, but I'm I think that all of the guys in front of him definitely have more upside when it comes to not only their age but their performance last year, right? Mookie Betts sort of transcends the rest of this list, right? Yeah, he's changing positions, but he's not. He's Mookie Betts, right? Like he's an MVP caliber player. He's obviously number one. Semyon had a had an incredible year last year. Albies had a great year last year. Horner, we were talking about this before the before we started recording, had a sneaky great year last year. I just think that those four guys are better than Altuve, not really that Altuve's middle of the pack, per se. James. Yeah, I think we have to take Altuve's injuries uh, into account. Um, you know, he hasn't played a full season uh, in a while. Um, and, I mean, not to not – to, say he's not a great player anymore, but if he's not going to play, you know, 162 games, that has to be factored into his ranking, as well as the fact that, you know, he doesn't really play that great of defense. Uh, he's he's mostly an offensive second baseman. Um, you know, obviously he's still hitting well, but I, I can't rank him above some of these guys that have played 140, 150, 160 games uh, the past couple of seasons and, and look like they will be on track to continue to do so. Nico. Yeah, I think with Jose Altuve, everything they said is true. He's kind of getting into the back half of his career. And it's kind of like, how is this going to shake up? I think that Jose Altuve is kind of going to turn into, like we said, we saw last year, a little bit poorer defensively than what he was in his prime and just mainly an offensive hitter. If he's able to get to 140 games and hit like how he hit last year, had a 900 OPS, was a very good offensive hitter still. I think that he's still the third best player in baseball. I think that this back half of the career is really going to be kind of like a benchmark for him and like more of his Hall of Fame. Like talks is is he, how much is the fact that 2017 happened going to affect guys? And I think he's kind of the prime example. I think with like people who cheated, I think there's a lot of ways. How I always see is how clearly are you of a Hall of Fame player without the cheating? And I think that this end of his career is really going to speak volumes to what he is. If he's a really a sure ballot Hall of Famer, if he maybe doesn't make the Hall of Fame because he was like he was a kind of the pinnacle, like who people saw since he was the best player in 2017. Everyone looked at him as a cheating scandal. So I think the back half of, of his career is really going to show like where he sits in like Hall of Fame perspective. But again, he still rakes. Obviously, his defense has gone down. But if he puts up the production he has over the last three years and just doesn't play 90 games like he did last year, he's still a top three or second baseman. I think that's why I still have him at number two, because this is a contract season. So we know he's going to push himself to the limit to get that next big time contract, whether it's with the Astros or somewhere else. But he's never struggled. And last year, what everyone seems to be calling a quote unquote down season because of the games played was around 90. His OPS plus was still above 150, which is an elite level. If he played a full season, that's bordering top five in Major League Baseball. So we've never seen Altuve struggle. And I know everyone's complaining about health, but he's played over 140 games in two of the last three seasons. So I think we can call last year as the anomaly because he's never been a guy that's been hurt that often in his career. Played in over 70% of the games in every single season except for last year. So I think last year is the exception to a normally very healthy player in Jose Altuve. Speaking of walk years, we've got two Yankee fans on the podcast. Labor Torres. Henry, take it away. I love Glaber. He was sort of the one bright spot 
of what I think we can all acknowledge as a piss poor offensive season from the Yankees last year. Um, and when you look at like his stats, like compared to the rest of the league, sure. It may not have, it may not have stacked up the same, but he's really coming to his own as a, as just a full-time second baseman. And I, I think he's very deserving of where I put him. Right. Um, I think that I was surprised that he hasn't been traded as of this point, just because it sort of felt like the Yankees were sort of preparing to move on from him, especially with all of the sort of the backlog of middle infielders that the Yankees have right now. But no, Glaber's great. I love him. He's an he's very consistent offensively. He plays serviceable defense, except for it really the only errors that he would make were like it felt like he just like got bored out there. And that's so <laughs> frustrating to watch, but it never felt like he couldn't play the position, if that makes any sense. James, tell us how great Marcus Semyon is, because a lot of you guys had him in your number two spot. I believe actually all three of you guys had, or no, Henry, you had, yeah, all three of you guys yeah. had him as your number two. So James, what makes him the clear cut guy behind Mookie Betts? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not even close. He's played a hundred and he's played every game, uh, He's led the league in games played every year the last three years, 162, 161, 162. Um, he amassed a 7.4 war season again this year, 29 homers, uh, 826 OPS, 122 OPS plus. Um, he plays good defense. Um, and you know, he's he's hitting in a lineup where he has a ton of protection. He's got Corey Seeger, Nathaniel Lau, um, uh, Adolis Garcia. I mean, you can go through a lot of their Josh Young. Um, so he's going to continue to see pitches in the zone, strikes. Uh, he's going to be continue to do damage. Uh, and I think, you know, coming off a uh, 45 homer season just two years ago, uh, obviously the home run numbers have been down a little bit in a big ballpark like Texas. Um, but yeah, I mean, he'll be looking to to defend the World Series title. Um, and, and I think uh, just his war being as high as it was, he was top 10 in baseball in war. Uh, I mean, you have to you have to, he's the clear cut choice uh, for number two. He would be number one if Betts uh, hadn't switched to second base this year. Nico, let's come to 305 and talk to you about the National League batting champion, Luis Arias, who you have as the highest among all of us. What makes him so special? Slash, do you think it's actually possible that he can replicate his 2023, given that we are looking forward to 2024 in these projections? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. When the trade happened last year for Pablo Lopez, I was hated it. Like, I'm going to be, like, put my hand up. I thought it was terrible. I honestly didn't think that Luis Arias was going to be able to replicate what he did. But seeing him, both seeing what he did, obviously, throughout the year, and being able to go to games and watch him, like, I get what makes him different. He's such, like, an antithesis to, like, what the league is now. He's just the most annoying at-bat for any pitcher. Like, there's guys who are scary. Like, you have your guys like Trout, Judge, Otani. Those are scary. I think he may be the most annoying at bat in the MLB because he legit could hit every single pitch for a single. It's absurd. Like the guy will, will go and chase at pitches that are like Vladdy Guerrero type chases and he'll just go and find a, a hole. And I think that there's value in that. I think that, yes, obviously he needs to be able to keep up that average in order for him to be a productive player because yeah. he does a lot of home runs and he doesn't hit that many extra base hits. But his bat-to-ball skills are elite, and the way that he's able to poke holes, I think, is going to be perfect for a lineup where 
he's kind of the only one doing that. Again, Jazz is one of the guys who kind of is trying to go yard on every pitch and put his A swing. If they get back, Jorge Soler will be the same thing. I think he's perfect in that lineup because he's so methodical with being able to get on base. And that's something that we've kind of lost in the league. And I think that just the fact that he's so different from anything in the league is what gives him his value. The fact that you know that every single game, that guy is getting you two hits. It's like, it's just a passion to have that every other game he's getting you two hits. He's on base twice. I think it's a lot of value that you don't get out of a lot of guys anymore. I mean, I'm going to say it and you guys are going to kill me. It sounds a lot like 2022 Jeff McNeil. No, I'm being honest. No, the, the 2022 batting champion. No. No, it doesn't sound like him because Jeff McNeil was never close to hitting 400 ever other than when he went if he went four for four opening day he was technically hitting a thousand i mean Luis Arise ended the year around two fifth around three fifty. no but listen but listen but listen 350 is better than you hit in the big leagues stop (laughs) stop stop that's not no but that's what everyone's saying oh my gosh look at Luis Arias' second half yeah okay all he did was hit 314 and with an OPS of 800. Like everyone's like, oh my God, he had such a terrible yeah. second half. That, your favorite player having that second half would be happy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah the, Dylan. The whole knock on Luis Arias isn't, oh, he played bad. The whole knock on Luis Arias, his second half was he didn't hit 400 like he did in the first half. The fact yeah, that that's the literally. knock on him and we're talking about him and I'm the only one who has him as a number four, I think that he's going to be able to replicate. Obviously, I don't know if 350 is what he's going to hit. Would be more than happy for him to hit 350. But again, the bat the ball skills that he has is going to allow him to have that floor of being able to hit 300 every year. Henry, let's discuss a guy that both you and I had pretty high on our list, which I assume means that we're projecting for some big offensive numbers. He's been the premier defender, had a five-war last season. Nico Horner. I love Nico Horner. And I think that not only do I think that the Cubs aren't done this offseason, but I think that he's sort of in a lineup that complements him very well, right? He's not even the most like feared offensive middle infielder on this team, right? Like He's sort of playing second fiddle to Dansby Swanson on this team. I think that, that serves him really well. I I got I had a chance to see him in person when they came to the Bronx this year. He's such a good not only defender, right? Like, but everybody that's what sort of what everybody knows him for. The way he takes at bats is so great. Horner Horner grinds through at bats. He is pretty contact oriented, but it works so well for him. And I think that not only is his defense going to remain the same, but I'm banking on the Cubs making a couple a couple more moves and that he's going to have even more protection to give his offense to come. I like it, James. You are our Ozzy Albies champion. So explain why one of my least favorite players in baseball is your number three at second base. Yeah. I mean, Ozzy Albies is, is a premier second baseman. Uh, he gets overshadowed by the fact that there's like four guys on the Braves that are just absurdly more talented than he is somehow. Um, but yeah, I mean, he hit 33 homers, 280 batting average. Uh, he switched hits. He would be a much better hitter if he only hit. Uh, I I believe it's from the right side of the ball. Let me or from the, from the ball from the plate. Uh, let me actually just check that real quick because his splits are like ridiculous. He'd be like, I think I think he hits like 320 from one side and like 220 from the other. Look at James uh, turning into our analytics guy on the podcast. Gosh, it's just so hard to find these 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 splits. Um, <laughs> Yeah, here it is. First right. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Yeah, he hit versus left-handed pitching this past season. He hit 391 with a one 123 OPS uh, as opposed to a measly 250 with an 803 OPS versus right-handed pitching. Obviously, he only had 133 at-bats to 527. Uh, 
but his his OPS like throughout his career has always been much much higher. His slugging, his average, everything has just been much better from the right handed side of the plate. I don't know why they haven't tried him out. Maybe taking some more at bats from the right side against right handed pitching. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean he he swings the bat. Uh, I think he arguably is the shortstop with the most power, second baseman with the most power uh, in the whole entire league. Um, his defense isn't 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 amazing but it also isn't bad uh you know he he can get by he's a smaller player like Altuve um and yeah I, I think the 30 homers uh again this season uh just makes him the obvious pick uh to be uh you know up in the upper echelon uh, of the second base position Nico take it away with the National League champion in 2023 Cattell Marte yeah Cattell Marte he really found his own when he got to the Diamondbacks. I mean, we've seen what he's done over the last five years. Last year had a little bit of a down year. Um, in 2022, had a little bit of a down year. But I think 2023, he really showed like what he was in 2021, 2020, and 2019. He's one of the best second basemen in the league. Again, he's Ozzy Albies, but he's a little bit more balanced. Doesn't have the pop, but again, he has that balance and that defensive versatility. I think that helps him out a lot. I think what could tell, I think 2022, a big thing was that he was in his contract year. And I think contract years, everyone likes to talk about the contract year, about what it does for a player when it makes them play well. But I think, again, sometimes it gives you a lot of pressure when you're trying to get that extension and you haven't gotten it. I think in 2023, when he was kind of playing with house money, he already has his extension. We saw the Cattell Marte that we usually expect. I think 2024, we're going to see the same thing. He's in the middle of his prime right now, loves Arizona. And I think we're just going to see exactly what we saw in 2023, just in 2024. And he's going to be one of the key parts of the Arizona Diamondbacks being good. Henry, take it away with the guy that's at the bottom of your list. You somehow figured out how to sneak him in, and I really tried to, but ran out of space. That is Hassan Kim. Coming into the league, Hassan Kim had like a 76 WRC plus in his first year, right? He was known as sort of a defensive guy. But, and this is honestly, this is a whole other discussion, but this is sort of why some people weren't as high on Jung Hoo Lee. But that's a discussion for a whole different time for players from out of the KBO. Hassan Kim this year had a six war. He hit 260. He hit 17 bombs. Like that's a that's a solid offensive year, especially for a second baseman. So I don't know. I feel like Hasan Kim is is so slept on because only because the Padres had a bad year or bad year by the standards that everybody was expecting. I agree. And James, we're going to talk about a guy that sucking at the bottom of your list, Zach Jeloff. Yeah, Zach Jeloff had a had a great start to his career. Uh in Oakland, uh, of all places, uh, they finally got to hit on another prospect that they'll probably trade away for absolutely nobody. Um, but yeah, he had a uh, 270 at bats, played 69 games uh, in his rookie campaign uh, this past season. Uh, 14 home runs, 14 stolen bases, uh, and an 840 OPS. Um, he plays pretty good defense for the second base position. Uh, but what we're really going to talk about is his offense. Um, he is a 30 30 guy. Uh, without a question um I, I i mean he has elite power he has uh elite running tools um and i think he's a guy we could we, we will definitely see go 30 30 in oakland it's tough to say 40 40 just because of how big the ballpark is uh, i definitely think he has the ability to go 40 40 um i don't, don't know vegas he'll go 40 40 yeah but that's 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 four years down the road and you know i mean he's He's still just 24 years old, but, you know, that speed can go away at, at any point. One injury. He'll be traded. Um, 
That's also true. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think Jack Dilloff is a special player. Um, I don't think based off last year's stats, I can put him top ten. Uh, like compared to some other guys like Matt McLean and guys we'll get to further down the road in this episode. But uh, I think he's poised for a huge breakout, uh, and he was able to amass a two point six WAR in just sixty nine games. So uh, look out for him this year. Yeah, Me I think that's yeah. really good. I think that like I was even looking at some second base lists, and some people had him as high as number one. So I think that he really Shout has out a, David. <laughs> he has a lot of potential. To be. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even do that with a straight face. I'll do. I will say because James just mentioned Matt McLean. Nico, you fit him on your list fairly decently sides, and then you also fit Brandon Jury on. So if you want to sum up the last two guys to make your mm-hmm. list. Yeah, I'll start with Matt McLean because Matt McLean I really struggled with because he really spoke to me like it was going to be Jonathan India V2. And I don't want that to happen to him. But again, because of how well he hit last year, I think he was kind of forgotten because we had the month of Ellie where every single thing Ellie did was amazing. So we kind of like just remembered him. But Matt McLean was an absolute stud last year. I had an 860 OPS was the lead off is going to be the lead off for them. I think that with Matt McLean and Ellie, if they're just able to develop, the Reds could be really scary and Harry could be really happy because the Reds could be relevant. And I think it starts with Matt McLean. I think that with a guy like Ellie, again, you got to let him develop. I think that he's going to take some time. He could burst onto the scene next year, but again, with his ceiling, you got to be really patient with him. Matt McLean's the type of guy that he may be just able to hit and be an above average league hitter to allow Ellie the comfort be able to be comfortable so that he's able to be Ellie when you have the consistency of what Matt McLean could bring. Yeah. Brandon Drury, I honestly think is like one of the most underrated players that we see in the league. The last two years, he's absolutely raked. I mean, the guy's had an 800 OPS over the last two years at second base. That's really elite had 28 bombs last year, 26 bombs this year. You don't get that kind of power with a second baseman. I think his hit tool obviously doesn't really fit what a second baseman is, but if he's able to be serviceable at second base and just able to stick there for the angels and then able to put up the numbers that he put last year, I think that he's clearly an offensive that offensively is clearly a second baseman, the top 10 second baseman. So the one guy that was on my list here that did not reach any of yours is Andres Jimenez. And when we've been talking about the <laughs> stereotypical second baseman, that's Andres Jimenez. He is a four-contact hitter, won the Platinum Glove in Major League Baseball last year, and put up a five-war. Because I know, Henry, you were fully on the Nico Horner hype train because he had a 5.3 war. But Andres Jimenez matched that point for point with 5.3 as well. And... Did not reach anybody's list. And did he have a down season with the bat last year? Yes, a little bit. He only had 250. Uh, the OPS plus was 98, which is around league average. But for the second base position, because we talked about some positions, you value defense a little bit more. Up the middle, I believe, is one of those. So Andres Jimenez winning the platinum glove this year for the greatest defender in the American League. I feel like there needs to be a room for him in that top 10 list. But that might just be me. I'm going to be honest. I think half of that comes from the narrative surrounding the guardians this year right like i think so positively of nico horner partly because the <laughs> cubs were like cubs were like a fun team who almost made the playoffs when they weren't really expected to and they had like a huge second half comeback the guardians were such a disappointment that it felt really hard for me to put, put them and maybe that's not fair but uh-huh. um but that that was at least sort of my thing yeah no, that's fair. problem with Andres Jimenez and like i was trying to put him i honestly went going into this i'm like oh he's clearly a top 10 player and I went and I looked at his stats, and again, now that 
I actually have to do this podcast thing for a living. I actually have to like do research. <laughs> and I was like, ah, clear thing. If I'm never sure about a guy, I go to baseball spot, you know, has yeah. all the data I need in like one thing. And the one thing that I saw was that when I went from 2023 to 2022, all his stuff was identical. Like I look at the blue and like it goes from blue to red. Everything was identical from an expectation perspective. So my whole thing is, did Andres Jimenez just get lucky in 2022? And because he got lucky, he went and had all these stats. If 2023 is any indicator, that's kind of what it's going to be. I think if he hits the same way he did in 2022 and 2023, it's 2024 is going to kind of be how lucky did you get on the balls you hit? Because they were very similar years. He just got lucky in 2022. And or did he get lucky. unlucky in 2023? No, because everything was blue. Oh, never mind. I tried. <laughs> but let's <laughs> let's get into some of the lists submitted to us by our loyal listeners. And again, if you want to get your list shouted out, the hotter the takes, the more likely they are to be featured. We've got one here that says that Brandon Lau is a top five. Say that again. Top five second baseman in Major League Baseball. Yay yeah. or nay, crew? That's, that's not true. So that's, a, that's a nay then. Yeah, there's just too much talent. Like, at the top end for him to be top five. I could see if someone wants to maybe put him in like the 10 or nine slot, but top five, I mean, there's just too many guys that are just have been better than him over last year and over the last couple of years. And are again, just going into the prime. I think it's a great situation to maybe have a top five type year. I don't know if that's something that you can just instantly predict when there's so much talent in the top five. How about Jonathan yeah. India as a top 10 James? I was going to say, unless, unless Lyle plans on hitting 40 homers again, 39 <laughs> to be exact, uh, he will not be in the top five. Uh, I was gonna, oh. Sorry, if Jonathan India finds a way to get to the Red Sox. <laughs> Jonathan India isn't even starting on the Reds. Like, let's be real. Yeah, yeah. he's, in, he's even the best second baseman on his own exactly. team. He needs so to leave the Reds. Problem. If Jonathan India could get to the Red Sox, I don't know how. Uh, we Probably not going to happen. Because I thought when I was putting him on, I'm like, Dude, imagine that guy on the Red Sox. If he finds a way, God puts him on the Red Sox, he will be a top 10 second baseman next year. But since he's not on the Red Sox right now, he's not. Speaking of future Red Sox, how about 2023 All-Star, who's also a second baseman, Whit Merrifield? Yeah, your name on a top 10. Oh, even on a team? No. I guess. I'm telling you, that's up there. If Whit Merrifield is Yoshinobu Yamamoto, and we're going to pay him $350 million. His OPS plus is under 100. His war was 0. 0.7, and he had 600 at bats. That uh, boy ass. I don't know, I, he'll be good. That's the whole thing, bro. The Red Sox hit. I really like this guy, and this guy would have been my number 11. I just couldn't put him over Glaber, Andres Jimenez, Edward Julian as a top 10 second baseman. I considered him. I just I didn't I didn't quite think he stacked up. Oh, okay, really, but I, we, I you can make a case. Can we revisit Whit Merrifield real quick? Why would uh -oh. any <laughs> sign him like i would rather take a chance on my like double a even like high a prospect I mean, he serves a role clubhouse like a, presence a role player clubhouse presence yeah <laughs> hooray i can have a guy with a, a 94 ops plus that that amasses is worth 0.7 wins over 162 games that guy really serves a great presence in my club yeah he's a big blue guy his stuff aren't on the stat sheet yeah like, like, like garrett stubbs i can't think of a single garrett stubbs highlight <laughs> Yet I can think of him getting uh, those celebration those celebration out. videos are definitely he gets plastered at every celebration. All right, a couple other names of young guys that might have been able to consider but did not make any of our list. How about Jordan Westberg, Tommy Edmond, Bryce Terang, Bryson Stott? 
Any of these names stand out to you? No, Stott, Stott was that was another guy that I considered. Tyson Stott was the I really wanted to put him there. Um, Westberg is going to get overshadowed by um, future episode top five shortstop uh, Jackson Holiday. That's Ooh. cool. Ooh. There we go. How about a teaser for two weeks? What about now? Anthony Volpe? <laughs> um, and then, of course, we will round out our serious list with David's top ten. Shout out to David for sending us one. It's actually what a throwback. What a what a blast from the past from the mystery man. It's it's not a horrific list, except for we're going to start with Marcus Semyon. <laughs> we're going to go with Mookie Betts at number two. That's fine. And then we're going to go to Cattell and Glaber mm-hmm. and Arias okay. and Albies, Brandon Lau and Nico Horner and Hassan Kim and Bryson Stott. All right. I'm not going to lie. I don't hate all of the people. I just think some of them could be swapped. Like and I would also, I'd, I'd look for, you know, Jose Altuve to make the list. That's just yeah, that, that's a little bit of a problem. Me well, personally, I, I believe I'm David. With, I'm fine with leaving him out. I believe I believe David predicted that uh, injury to Altuve this next season. That's why he did not have him on the list. Uh, I don't think correctly, that's correct. super smart. Super that's correctly. Well, correct you really go with predicting how years go when I, I injure no. him. Well, this is true. This is true. Last David's last injury prediction, Ronald Acuna Jr. did come true in 2021. As did Jacob Degrom. Um, as to Jacob DeGrom this past season. As, as his prediction that Wander Franco's contract will be a disaster. I mean, three for three. <laughs> he he has spoken again. But of he course, there's a list that we look forward to at the end of all of our top 10 episodes, and that is the best looking second baseman. So coming in at number 10, and again, thanks to our loyal listener for submitting this list again. We've got Glaber Torres in the 10 spot. That's Brandon, Brandon Lau is at nine. Brandon Jury is at eight. Tyro Estrada is sneaking in there, a game we haven't mentioned, at number seven. Marcus Semien is at six. Cattell Marte is five. New name Adam Frazier is at four, currently a free agent. Here's where we get interesting. At number three, it's Jonathan India. I think he might have been the favorite coming into this. Number two, from Toronto, it's Santiago Espinal, making his way high onto the list. And at number one, Everything is going to be a okay because it is the Philadelphia Phillies second baseman Bryson Stott, Nico. I mean, whoever this is, they've really improved in the diversity on this <laughs> list. Um, catchers was just all white. I mean, just, I mean, it was a cracker fest. <laughs> we had we had zero we had zero <laughs> Latin guys. Really, you know, I'm just happy that you know my Latin. My Latin people got their yeah. like representation. I think Santiago Espinal is like a little high. I think Jonathan <laughs> is just objectively more. All right, so so we will be back again <laughs> <laughs> next week, breaking down the top ten third baseman. But of course, a lot of fun interviews with the Dodgers organization coming up. Obviously, the Dodgers have been in the headlines for a couple reasons in the last two weeks. So we'll be having some. They cheated the game. They they have a lot of maybe we should get a lawyer or someone in finance on to talk about deferred contracts. I'll see if I can get that in the works. But uh, a couple of people the from the Dodgers organization will be on some former top draft picks. Other some fun things. So we've got a lot coming up. Christmas, we'll let you guys know in on the secret as well as make sure this week if you're in New York City, Henry and I will be in the MLB store recording some big league two content. So check out the side retired Instagram at side retired. For all the details there. So for Dylan, James, Nico, and Henry, until the next time, the side is retired.